0: I wear my pink pajamas in the summer when it's hot i wear my flannel nighties in the winter when it's not and sometimes, and sometimes in the springtime and in the summer, summer and in the fall and in softball, i slip between the sheets with nothing on at all while you were folding episode 42 summer camp Hi, I'm Katherine Boucher and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things: marriage, parenting, faith, friendship, culture, what I'm reading and watching, and whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been a wife for 11 years and a mother for 9. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will introduce you to some amazing guests, ask a whole bunch of questions, Invite you into the conversation and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's go ahead and start with a prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the time that you've given me tonight to come down to the basement and record another episode of this podcast. I'm so grateful for the community that this show has created and for all of the answered prayers that have come from it in my personal life and in the lives of the listeners that have shared that with me. I ask that you bless this podcast episode and that all of us who are transitioning to children going back to the school year, that you'll bless that time that all of the teachers and students will have a great school year, whether our kids are off to traditional school or we're homeschooling, and that if we're feeling any sort of angst or unease about the school year, that you give us wisdom and peace with how to move forward. And we also ask you to bless these last few weeks of summer to enjoy the simpleness of this season, and to help us to slow down and to keep our priorities where they need to be so that we can be rested and recharged as we move into the school year. We ask these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So last week, episode 41, Puberty Q&A with Jane, That was such a fun episode to record with her, and I got a lot of great feedback from all of you, but unfortunately, none of you shared feedback that you wanted me to share on the show. So, uh, suffice it to say, several of you said that it was really helpful that you felt like you were eavesdropping on my conversation with Jane and that it gave you some ideas for how you'd like to handle the conversations about sexuality and fertility with your kids going forward. So I was thrilled to hear that you thought it was helpful in that way. Also, a couple of you asked if you thought it would be a good idea to listen to the show with your own kids. And my answer to that would be maybe. I want you to make sure and listen to the show first on your own, because all of your kids are going to be at different ages and stages, not just in terms of their physical development, but also with their emotional and spiritual maturity. So because of that, they may or may not be ready to listen to all of the content from my conversation with Jane. So that being given, I'd encourage you to listen to the show on your own first And then consider whether or not you want to listen to the whole thing with your kid, or whether you think just portions of it would be appropriate, or if maybe you're still a ways off from puberty-related questions and you want to save it for a future date. But in the meantime, for all of you who have kids who are a ways off from puberty, I would really like to encourage you to start changing your mindset from thinking about having the quote-unquote the talk a one and done conversation with them about puberty and instead to take the approach that this is going to be a lifelong conversation that you're having, hopefully from a very, very young age with your kids, teaching them the appropriate names for different body parts so that I think the biggest benefit of starting from a young age is you're able to normalize the conversation that this is something that they've always talked about with mom and dad. So as they enter into the years of puberty, it's not something that's all of a sudden, it's not something that feels uncomfortable because you haven't been using this vocabulary and these words and talking through those questions all along. So definitely want to encourage you to think about it, not just as the talk, but as a lifelong conversation. And if you're trying to find some really great books or some resources or videos, the Diocese of Lincoln, that's the diocese that I'm in here in Nebraska, there is a fantastic website. They have a couple of videos by Father Sean Kilcally talking about theology of the body. And if you're not familiar with the term theology of the body, that came from St. Pope John Paul II. He had a series of Wednesday audiences when he was the pope where he spoke about the theology, the study of how God gave us the gift of our bodies and our sexuality, theology of the body. So explaining what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man, and how God designed the gift of our bodies, our sexuality, and our fertility. And Father Sean Kilcally, it goes through all of that and what it means in a series of videos. So that's listed on the website from the Diocese of Lincoln. Also, there is a fantastic bibliography with a list of different resources, books, things that you can read on your own, as well as things that you can read with your children. And I am going to have links to both the Diocese of Lincoln's website with those videos, as well as the list, the bibliography, the list of different resources that you can read over with your kids. And if you're new to podcasts, and if you're not sure what show notes are, If you go to my website, katherineboucher.com, and you click on the link for While You Were Folding, the name of this podcast, each episode has show notes where I list all of the different resources in each episode. So you're just going to look for episode 42, and then there are going to be clickable links on there. The other way to get to show notes is if you scroll down within your podcast playing app, if you're listening on your phone. And then you go to the bottom of the page where you're listening. The show notes should be listed right there. So again, just look for the Diocese of Lincoln's website and the bibliography, and I'll have links to both of those right there. So um, I'm guessing there might be some of you who already have kids who are in the midst of puberty already, and you think, oh man, we haven't been talking about this stuff yet. Have I completely screwed up? No, it's not too late for you to get started, and you're human. But the great news is, because we're changing the mindset from having just the talk, because it's a lifelong conversation, all of us are going to make mistakes along the way as parents for how we want to be handling these conversations, but there's so much less pressure if you think of it as a lifelong conversation instead of just the one-and-done talk. So give yourself some grace and ask God for wisdom and peace with this process. I thought that it was going to be a much more difficult thing, but I have so enjoyed having these conversations with Jane. And I just want you to know we're in it together. There's a lot of solidarity there. Keep leaning on your friends, and hopefully you know some people your own parents or some older friends who are some steps ahead of you in parenting, and they can help talk you through how you can approach these different conversations. And I'm always here for any questions that you might have. In the meantime, you can email me at podcast at I got a great Voxer message from Christina. She is one of the winners from my giveaway of Colleen Carol Campbell's book, The Heart of Perfection. Hi, Catherine. This is Christina, one of your book winners of The Heart of Perfection. My sister just got done reading Colleen's other book, My Sister's the Saints, and I'm feeling called to have her read The Heart of Perfection before I do. And I just wanted to say thank you, because you never know how God will work through your generosity. So thank you, Katherine. Thank you so much for your message, Christina. I'm glad that you are blessing your sister by letting her borrow your copy of the book before you even have a chance to read it. What a sister! And um, I'm sure if she liked my sister's *The Saints*, that she'll like this one too. And I'll be praying that the book blesses her as much as it blessed me. And I can't wait to hear what to I can't wait to hear what she thought about it, and also to hear what you think about it when you get around to reading it. But let me know if she doesn't give it back, and I'll be sure to send you another one. This week, I want to talk about summer camp. I went to summer camp as a kid, and I started out going to day camp when I was probably five or six, and then I went to Girl Scout camp around third or fourth grade. And then I went to a week-long YMCA summer camp off of uh, Spirit Lake in Okoboji, Iowa. And that was when I was going into fifth grade. And I continued to go to Camp Foster until I graduated from the camp as I think I was going into sophomore year of high school. Maybe it was after sophomore year. But anyway... It was such a big part of my childhood, and I knew it was really important to me that in college, I decided I wanted to be a counselor there as well. And in the meantime, my husband, Philip, when he was a kid, he went to summer camp too. And he went to a YMCA week-long summer camp, the same one that our kids ended up going to this past week. He started going when he was nine until he went to high school. And I didn't know it as a kiddo, but I would grow up to meet a young man who loved summer camp as much as I did. So when Philip and I were sophomores at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, we had some mutual friends. They were some of my sorority sisters that lived in the honors dorm with him. They knew that both of us were going to be working at Camp Foster the summer after our sophomore year of college. And so they introduced us the spring before we went to camp and we started dating. And we spent that summer sending each other warm fuzzies and being camp counselors at the same camp and falling in love while we watched each other lead the campers in songs and games and free time. And I remember that summer. We dreamed about sending our made-up children to camp one day and how important that would be to us, and it still is. So um, our firstborn and second kiddo, Jane and Walt, they're going into fourth and third grade, they got to go to camp this past week. It was Jane's third time going, and it was Walt's second, and they had so much fun, and today I thought it would be the perfect time for me to give a little infomercial for why I think parents should consider sending their kids to summer camp. So I'm going to lay out why I think it was good for them and why it was good for the rest of us back home. So first reasons why I think camp was great for Jane and Walt. First of all, it was something so fun for them to look forward to. I don't know about your families. I think some families just love the element of surprise and springing things on their kids, surprise trips or surprise um, visits to their favorite places or that kind of thing. But in my family, at least 50% of the fun is anticipation. So for Jane and Walt, they had all of summer until the last week of July to look forward to going to Camp Kataki. And so they talked about The books that they wanted to bring, yes, I am raising book lovers, and they cared so much more about the paper books that they were going to bring with them to camp than they did about what they were going to wear or anything else. So it was just something that they could look forward to all of summer, and I thought that that brought another element of fun to the summer months for them. The other thing I love about summer camp, it has given them so much confidence that they can go away for a week and do things on their own, and it also has helped them to build up some resilience. This is not the summer camp of my childhood. They have air conditioning in their cabins now, so they are definitely not roughing it. However, being the young ages that they are, they're learning how to do so much more on their own than they would if they didn't go away to summer camp. The other thing I love about summer camp for the kids is that it gives them a chance to realize what their own strengths are. I think um, it gives them autonomy too, the power to do things on their own, that they learn these things about themselves that they wouldn't otherwise. They go to these different clubs and activities, and they learn about their own personality and temperament, things like whether they're introverted or extroverted as well as what their individual talents are, because they're constantly surrounded. They're in this pressure cooker situation at the week-long overnight camp. And they're hearing things from their counselors and from fellow campers about things that they're noticing about Jane and Walt that maybe our own family, their teachers, or friends back home have never noticed or pointed out or taking the time to tell them that maybe they took for granted as being normal, but that make them really special. So I love that about summer camp. And I still remember things that my counselors or other campers would write to me in warm fuzzies. And I already said warm fuzzies earlier in the episode. Maybe you don't even know what those are. At Camp Foster and Camp Kataki, warm fuzzies are just little tiny notes It's kind of like a within-camp postal system. You can write a note and then you stick it in another cabin's little cubby or mailbox, and then they can pick them up and read them during their rest time after lunch. So it's a fun way for you to write something that maybe you're too shy to tell someone in person or just to tell them something really cool about them that you appreciate. And it's supposed to make them feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So that's why they're called warm fuzzies. So I love that it just gives them a chance to realize their own strengths or things that are special about them. And it forces them to get out of their comfort zone too when we're not all together as a family. So again, they're put into these different scenarios that they're not going to get into at home and they'll do things like a climbing wall or a ropes course or riding horses and The unexpected happens when they're put into those scenarios. Jane came home, she did a special camp called Silver Spurs, which meant that she got to do more horseback riding. And she had her horse sit down in the middle of a trail ride. And she didn't even mention it until she had been home for a couple days. And it was kind of an oh, by the way, (laughs) my horse decided to sit down and kind of fall over on the trail ride. And I kind of looked at her wide-eyed and she just shrugged it off and said, yeah, and then I just pulled back on the reins and he got back up and it wasn't a big deal. And I just love that, that. Those kinds of things you would think would be a much bigger deal, but when they're on their own and they're independent at camp, they figure out how to do it and they're perfectly fine. And I love that. The other thing that seems pretty obvious about camp is they have a chance to meet new friends and meet kids who come from really different backgrounds than their own. I know that our kids at the school that they're in, they have kids that are coming from pretty much the same kind of households that they're coming from. Whereas at camp, they're meeting kids that are coming from all over the area. And they get to meet kids that aren't living the same kind of life that they are. And I love that because they don't always have a chance to be around kids that are different than them. And that's something that's really important to me and Philip. And the kids love it too. They come back and they learn so much and they learn a lot about themselves because of that process too. And the other thing that is intertwined within some of the things I've said already that they learn how to deal with having some fear and uncertainty. And I think that that's fantastic. And and that ties in with things like doing a ropes course or horseback riding or trying to do the swim test or all those different things that they're really having to push themselves and deal with what I call a healthy fear. And it's not pushing themselves to a place where it's dangerous. They're pushing themselves while they're being supervised, and having to use the skills and talents that they have uh, in a safe way while being under an adult supervision to test their limits. And I think that that's fantastic. Camp is really great for both keeping the kids busy and giving them free time. So they have plenty of opportunities to try new things, be adventurous, and go, 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 and get worn out. But camp also builds in free time. As the kids get older, they're able to make choices for what they're going to do for clubs or where they're going to go throughout the camp during their free time. They have some unstructured time apart from just being with their fellow campers. And that is a really big deal at camp once you get old enough to choose those things on your own. So I love that. Again, they have the framework of being at camp and they're with their fellow campers from their cabin during the day, but then they get this chunk of free time where they get to do their own thing. And I kind of hope that during that time they get bored so that they can figure out, oh, these are my interests. These are the things that I really enjoy. Or they go, maybe they go to the craft center and decide, oh, I'm not really into this. Maybe I'll go to the pool instead or vice versa. And I love that they get those chances to do that and make those decisions on their own. Because sometimes when you're in the context of family life, especially if it's a larger family, and you're one of the younger kids, you don't always get to make those decisions. So I love that about camp as well. And the last thing that I thought of is that it makes them more grateful for the creature comforts of home. So, yes, I already shared at camp, they have air conditioning in their cabins, but they don't have really comfy beds, and they don't have all of their favorite foods, although they came home raving about the camp food, mostly because they have all this cereal and other stuff that that they don't usually get at home, or French toast sticks, or that kind of thing, but... They did miss their comfy beds and all that sort of thing. So it made them much more grateful to come home. Now I'll move on to the reasons I think it was great for the rest of our family. Um, First thing I thought of is that, holy cow, having Jane and Walt gone for the week, they're our oldest kids. So Harry became the oldest one at home and he's going into kindergarten. So I just had the three younger ones. Harry, who's going into kindergarten, Dorothy, who's going into two day preschool. And then Gloria, who is five months old today. Holy cow. I just realized that today's the fifth. So she's five months old. Um, so having just the littles at home, it reminded me how hard it is to be in the land of just little children. It's a lot of hard work, mamas, and I tell all of my friends this, that if you're in the land of just parenting little ones, it only gets easier from here because the older they get, the more helpful and reasonable and rational they become, and one year can make such a difference. So it made me realize how helpful the big kids are, and it gave me so much gratitude For the older ones, not just for who they are and their presence when they're here, but also their ability to be so helpful around the house. And this summer, they've been reading to the little ones or playing with them or answering their questions. And if you've ever been around a toddler for any length of time, you know how many questions (laughs) they're capable of answering in the span of an hour. So to have Jane and Walt back home, they field so many questions during the day. And I am realizing what an introvert I am. And as a mom, it is such a weight lifted to have the older kids here to do so much for the younger kids conversationally, because I can get overwhelmed and my brain can shortwire if I am, it short circuits if I'm in the middle of a task, like trying to put lunch together, or just get everyone out the door, and I'm fielding all of these voices coming at me at once. And you would think I'd be used to it by now, since I've been mothering for nine years, and I have five kids, but I'm not. (laughs) So uh, I've really come to appreciate, especially after having the kids gone for a week at camp, how much they do conversationally and physically for the younger kids. And for me, just being able to turn to them and look at them while one of the toddlers is having a temper tantrum and see the solidarity (laughs) that they're able to give me in those moments. And that all of the kids have learned that they can go to each other instead of just coming to me when things come up, whether they need help putting a bandage on or they have... Uh, something that they need to reach, or they want to know where someone is or where they can find the thing in the house. So they've all slowly learned that they can go to each other instead of just coming to me. And having the big ones back home has been just awesome. I think this time of year, people start asking each other if they're ready for kids to go back to school. And after having the big kids gone, my answer is no, not yet. Because it has been so much easier having the big kids at home and it's so much more difficult when it's just the little ones. So no, I'm not quite ready for the bigger school age kids to go back to school, but I think everyone's excited to have a little bit more structure. And I think that camp was great for the sibling relationships. I think the time away made them realize how much they love each other and that they really missed each other while they were gone And the little ones realized how much they rely on the big ones for their attention that they give them during the day, that they love that, and just the affection that they're able to give each other. And when we got to camp and they had some reunions between the roommates because Walt and Harry share a room and Jane and Dorothy share a room oh my goodness, they were so darn cute. When they saw each other, there were big hugs. And Walt kind of shoulder shrugged Harry off a little bit after he hugged him because he's getting to an age where he's not wanting to be too affectionate. But it was so sweet to see them when they saw each other again. And I think also another reason why it was good for the whole family is um, as a really great positive. While Jane and Walt were gone, it freed Philip and I up to give the younger kids more attention and less divided attention. We had less kids here competing for our needs. So we were able to do all kinds of read alouds with the kids. We read way more picture books than we have been lately. I think when you start to get older kids that are more into the chapter books, When you choose a family read aloud, you tend to shoot for the older kids. At least that's the approach that we've been taking. So uh, picture books have been taking more of a back seat. So this past week forced us to bring the picture books back out. And now we are back to being addicted to Llama Llama and all of our favorites. So that's been a lot of fun. And also I noticed that life was just moving at a much slower pace this past week, and I mean that literally, especially if we were going on family walks or mostly anytime we tried to go anywhere. <laughs> Life was at a much slower pace with the younger kids, and that was great. It was nice to have that for a change and to not feel so rushed. And it also forced some different sibling dynamics and relationships because. Now that we have five kids, it seems like certain kids seem to gravitate toward certain siblings because they're humans and they naturally like different personalities and mesh better with some than others. But because we had two missing while they were at camp, they were forced to play with different kids than they normally would. And that was fun to see that play out. And it also encouraged the little ones to act like the big kids. So Harry, our kindergartner, he was the big kid of the week. And so he had a little bit of swagger and he took on the extra big brother role for the week with his little two sisters around. And he totally stepped up. He was constantly asking how he could help with different things. And I was totally overcompensating with the praise that I was giving him because I was really depending on him (laughs) while I was... Alone with the younger kids, and he was adorable. So it was fun to watch him get to be the big kid while his big brother and sister were gone at camp. And another added bonus that I did not anticipate if you listened to episode 34, Summer Structure, I talked about how uh, we were using Saint coins to decrease the amount of screen time that we were watching, that the kids had to do their summer jobs in order to earn a Saint coin that they could cash in for screen time. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go back and listen to episode 34. Maybe it would be a good way for you to implement some structure for how kids can do some jobs during the school year. But anyway, because we had only two kids that are old enough to earn Saint coins at home... It decreased our screen time because we had fewer saint coins in circulation. So that was kind of an added bonus that I wasn't expecting. And the other thing was because the younger kids got to watch the camp drop off and they were there for pickup. It made them so excited for the day that they are going to get to go to camp when they're old enough. So they are super excited about that. So, those are just a couple of the reasons why I think summer camp is awesome. Jane and Walt had a fantastic week, and they're already talking about getting to go back next year. We already had to register them before we even left camp. So, they're all set to go back next year, and they can't wait. And I would hope that every parent listening would at least consider going to summer camp. If you were like me, you grew up watching the original Freak, not Freaky Friday, the original Parent Trap, and you watched those girls at summer camp, and you wanted to do the same. And I loved it as a kid, and I loved it as a counselor, and I love it even more getting to watch our kids enjoy it. So I hope You'll consider it. And I would love to hear if you went to summer camp as a kid. And I wanna know did you go to the traditional summer camp like this one, or was it maybe a specialized sport camp or something else? And I'd love to hear if your kids go to camp. And if they don't, maybe think about signing up for next year. Well, that's all that I have for this week. I would love to have you join the conversation. Email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com, or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. And my very favorite, you can do just like Christina did. You can send me a voicemail on Voxer. That's the free walkie talkie app so that I can actually feature your real voice on the episode. I love getting to hear your voices in real life. It makes it seem so much more real that I have real people listening to this show. So consider leaving me a voicemail on Voxer, and you can find a link to that in the show notes as well. If you like the show, consider leaving a positive rating and review in iTunes. I have a link showing you how to do that in the show notes. And until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.